Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Auto insurance can all seem the same until it comes time to use it. So don't get stuck paying more for less coverage. Switch to USA Auto Insurance and you could start saving money in no time. Get a quote today. Restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 380 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie film to studio films to TV to documentaries and and spy thrillers in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to royally let the cat out of the bag. In our very, very humble opinion, welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast and welcome to this very special episode because we have on the amazing producer and director, Matthew Vaughan. Ooh, what a guest. It's an absolute belter. Yeah. Absolute belter. What a guest. And he sits down with both myself and Dom to chat about his latest film, Argyle. But we also dive deep into his past as a filmmaker and how he gets his movies made. What will our audience learn from this chat with Matthew, Dom? They will learn about reinventing the action franchise, making Argyle and spy adventures, creating a brand and finding the heart in stories. And one of, sorry, to add this in, one of my favourite ones was uh, his indie beginnings and how he kind of formed his own brat pack. We also talk about how he fell into directing via Guy Ritchie and his wife, Claudia, how Daniel Craig gave him advice on the set of Lair Cake on his directing debut, how he raised money for Lockstock, and why he does a chemistry test with his leading actors and also gives you some amazing advice uh, during this chat as well. Almost too amazing. Yeah, almost. Almost too amazing. Um, for those of you who don't know who Matthew Vaughan is, then that's a stop, bit like stop making films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just, you just stop. But one of our leading British filmmakers is. Some of his credits include as a producer. Uh, his first film was The Innocent Sleep, uh, and then he produced Lock, Stock, and Two Smoky Barrels, Snatch, Mean Machine, Swept Away, and then he directed Layer Cake, Stardust, Kick Ass, X Men First Class. Kingsman 1, 2 and hopefully 3. He also produced Eddie the Eagle Edwards and Rocket Man for Dexter Fletcher and now he's just released our guile. And don't forget Tetris. Oh yeah and produced Tetris as well which was edited by our good friend Cole Gowdy who set this up for us. So in Argyle, uh, the movie stars um, Henry Cavill, Sophie Batella, uh, Dua Lipa, Ariana DeVos, uh, John Cena, Samuel L. Jackson, Brian Cranston, Catherine O'Hara, Rob Delaney, and it stars the incredible Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, and more importantly than anyone else, Matthew Vaughan's cat. <laughs> yep, which does have a name. And his cat is named Chip, who was brought in after an expensive cat actor or Cactor uh, proved to be a disaster on the first day of filming. Vaughan decided to bring his own cat to set. Although Amazing. cats don't live in sets, they live in houses because they're not badgers. Very good. Um, we don't talk about the cat because we had so many other things to talk about and you can find any of that stuff online. We wanted to get to the heart of filmmaking and what made him want to make films and how he managed to make his first films in the first place. It's fascinating. It's such an interesting chat. You're going to love it. Um, I just wanted to say, like since Christmas, Dom, we have had some incredible guests. And we've sort of rounding it all off 
um, we've got another amazing guest next week as well. But let's just run through who we've had since Christmas. We have had One Life and Slow Horses director James Hawes. We have had Rustin and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom screenwriter and director George C. Wolfe. We have had the HODs behind Oppenheimer, including editor Jennifer Lane, costume designer Ellen Morogenik, makeup designer Louisa Abel, and hair designer Jamie Lee McIntosh, all of whom have been nominated for BAFTAs. I think three out of the four have been nominated for Oscars as well. And the director of The Orphanage and The Impossible and the latest Society of the Snow, out now on Netflix, J.A. Bayona, as well as George Clooney's producing partner Grant Hesloff to talk about the boys in the boat and Argo and obviously last week's fantastic chat Dom had with director Mahalia Bello talking about the end we start what a classic that was what this is literally in the last month yeah it's frankly outrageous and we've got got just as outrageous ones coming up exactly just as outrageous just as outrageous we won't tease you on what those are because we've just teased you with previous guests so after you've listened to the seventh of the month amazing guest Matthew Vaughan and just just spare a thought for our editor um, of this Tobias Filmmakers podcast myself Ah, and Tobias helped this month as well he's jumped on two episodes Tobias V's thank you it's been a lot good Austrian lad yes indeed but we've delivered you filmmaking tips and knowledge so if you do like this do us a favour jump on our socials jump on uh, IMDB do you know what jump on IMDB because people are mean on IMDB jump on a trampoline (laughs) jump on jump on the bandwagon uh, and just give it a nice review give it a star rating Um, some people on IMDB just decide to go on IMDB and give everything one stars they've ever just heard of not even heard of I don't get that I've never got that why someone would do that on people's indie film just give it one star what is wrong with you if that's you there's something seriously wrong with you don't do that support each other's indie films I can't imagine it's anyone who listens to this podcast Um, we're all supporting each other so it's so important that you do the same speaking of which um, support Matthew not that he needs it as much but go see our guy he's out in cinemas now he needs your support (laughs) but it's an amazing episode so let's get to it let's do it Dom this is myself Giles Alderson and Dom Lenoir talking to the amazing filmmaker producer director superstar Matthew Vaughan have fun I certainly hope you dance as well as you dress. There's only one way to find out. You and I, we're not so different. Agent Argyle. Little help? Hold on. The book is phenomenal, sweetie, but... What happens next? It's called a cliffhanger, mother. Ellie, it's called a cop-out. Whoa, hey, there's a cat in there. Oh, my God, you're Ellie freaking Conway. Author of the Argyle series, Ellie Conway! I am such a fan. Oh, yeah? What is it you do? Espionage. Would you sign my book? Here we go. Love this book. Come on. Oh, so now you're experimenting with drugs. I want all assets on them now. I need her to write the next chapter. God, I hate that cat. It's time for you to meet the real Agent Argyle. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hey, Matthew. I'm Giles. Hey, Matthew. How are you doing? Pleasure to meet you. Dom, are you going out skiing? Why are you yeah, it's, it's, me too. <laughs> we both just had that conversation well, outside. It just, it just came to winter and I needed some new boots and these were just warm and fluffy. Your feet and... must be dying. It's hot as hell yeah. today yeah. compared to the last week. But anyway, sorry. The weather's yeah. changed, but yeah. No, yeah. it has changed. Good. They were good in the cold. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. I just love to talk about 
I mean, you've really de- redefined the sort of superhero genre. I mean, with Kick-Ass, right. I remember when that mm-hmm. first came out. Yeah. The, the drama, the the real like sacrifice and, and hope, but also this kind of crazy, brilliant comedy. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a really distinct tone. And you've done that with Kick-Ass, you've done it with uh, Kingsman, and now with Argyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd just love to speak about, with Argyle specifically, how you approach building a franchise. Because it's a fantastic movie. It's really simple. I'd imagine I'm an, a member of the audience and I just try to make movies that I would be sitting with a bunch of friends watching the screen and enjo- enjoying it. And I know what I wouldn't enjoy is seeing the same old thing mm. done in the same way again and again and again. So, and it'd be, you know, it's boring to make it, I, I imagine, as mm. just as much as it's boring to watch. So my, that's my only rule is be entertaining. So what what was what was that kind of process when you first came across the the IP and and the books and with Argyle? Yeah. Mm. Um well it, it was funny cuz the the first script was you know it was really well written but it was quite generic and it was sort of um but it had had most of the twists were in there so that got me really excited with the, the twists was what brought me into the in, into it. Mm. But um it unlocked this um this sort of this idea of me saying, okay, let's do fictional spies over the top, sort of the tropes that I'd, I'd I'm a, just as guilty of creating with with Kingsman, but mm-hmm. you know Bond or yep. you know Man from Uncle, all of these, you know the, the 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 super spies that we are all comfortably enjoyable, but have been done to death, and then counteract it with a new type of spy, the scruffy. This is what spies are like in the real world. And, you know, you have Henry Cavill basically, and then Sam Rockwell. And that, that excited me. Um, cause in the original script, it was like, um, you just, there's the spy fantasy spy would be like a Henry Cavill, but they're imagining like a, a Brad Pitt. And, and I'm like, yeah, but there's, there's, we're not really saying anything. We're not saying, we're saying nothing at that point. Yeah. Um, and there was none of the intercutting or the imagining, you know, it was just, um, a device of of um a book being very close to the truth so i sort of changed that and made the book ridiculous and over the top but in the original script the book was really realistic it was much more a john le Carey uh, okay. or yeah. a frederick Forsyth or a ludland style book mm. not a vaughn nutty may- mayhem of madness <laughs> one so um yeah so that was um so so and then once we did that then i again so when you say about franchise building and i was thinking well again you meet ellie conway and and she had a cat but she leaves the cat behind mm-hmm. and i thought well how, hold on let's give these two characters some real a real bone of contention she should take the cat with her and one of them um, sam should be allergic to cats and then you're on this weird adventure with a cat and then i also thought as an iconic look backpack cat spy adventure henry cavill flat top nero collar iconic a new spy old spy and then sam rockwell <laughs> so uh, it was so you try to give it new unique inst- touches yeah unique instantly memorable moments so with kingsman i could draw on there now a pair of glasses and an umbrella you you think kingsman mm. um so with this one i'm hoping if you see the flat we see that it's symbol yeah. or you you um see a cat in the pointing backpack. to a very well merchandised hat yes yeah, yeah. Nice um cat. or a um yeah or you, you i think people you know I think a lot of people will now know what Argyle is. Where before you say Argyle, they don't even know it's a pattern. Now, hopefully, we've we've sort of claimed for ourselves the Argyle pattern. Yes, is that something you think about when yeah. with the title and thinking? Okay, what's our brand? What's the whole thing around it with the pattern that you just mentioned? I mean, maybe you and went, the name we changed the, the spelling. Was, so yeah. we changed the spelling. Ah. And if you with the spoiler alert, mm-hmm. look at the spelling and then look at it backwards. We're all trying to work it out now. Uh, oh, Ellie, Ellie, Ellie. Yeah, Ellie. Yeah. Ah, the, yeah. the name of the, nice. the yeah. character. That's great. Mm. I love it because yeah. both me and Dom are filmmakers ourselves. Good. Um, and it's really nice when these little things, these little tiny little tidbits that our filmmakers love on this podcast and they're talking to. And so it's so nice that you gave us time to chat. And it was Cole Gowdy, actually, who was the one who was saying, hey, come and talk with Giles no, and Dom. Yeah. Cole. 
brilliant editor. He yeah. is a brilliant editor. Brilliant human being. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely yeah. great. And obviously, worked with you. We thought Tetris was the first one he might have worked with you on, but it might have before been that? something before that that he probably worked on as dipped toes dipped in the water. Toes in he the might dip his toes, but um, he went feet first into Tetris. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> yeah. the yeah. building blocks <laughs> yes. of that. Yeah. I love Tetris, by the way. Yeah. I yeah, think it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, Cole was a master on that. Yes, yeah. and he has been on this as well. Yes, you know, on yeah, our yeah. car. So yes, uh, in, but in terms of actual thinking about titles, thinking about, as Dom said, that franchise sort of idea, and whether it is a sequel later or not, is like you said, you thinking about the title and changing it. Is that something that always comes into the idea of when you're thinking about? Story? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was sort of inspired by Walt Disney and the way that and I saw he did a graph and because remember, guys, I started off as a film producer yes okay. so yeah. you know so I, I i the business of film was was the only business i ever imagined i would be in i had no intention of ever being a director really no interest okay no aspirations wow no belief right um and i i um which uh, is ironic because you become a very distinct like yeah it, original it, director well yeah, but you tell me. But I, what I can say is, is it is. It was, so in Layer Cake, Guy Ritchie was meant to direct Layer Cake, right? Oh, so man. we developed it for him, mm. and then he sat me down and he said, "Look, Matthew, I've changed my mind. I don't want to do this." Um, and then I was like, "Oh my god, I got to get another director. Where do I find that? How? Oh my, you know, we were getting all ready to make it, and there was my wife said to me, "You should direct it." And I hadn't even, I was like, are you out of your mind? Why would I? Well, I, I that looks party hard. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I was just like, this yeah. is, how, yeah. I, I, I've never even picked a camera up. I, I, this is not yeah. my, going to be my, this is yeah. this is crazy. But then, ironically, I then had to go see the writer of the, the book and the screenplay, JJ yeah. Connolly. And um, I said, JJ, look, I've got bad news. Guy's pulling, pulling out. I need to find a director. And he went, well, you should do it. And I was like, mm. I went, why are you saying that? And I, th I thought, bloody Claudia's going to rung him up or something. Mm, yes, exactly. I said, yes. speak to my wife. And he but went, up no, to it, why, yeah. what? And, yeah. he, and I said, well, she just said the same thing. And then I went off and had a really, really long, hard think about it. But then I realized I'd basically prepped the movie already. So yeah. I was going to be, I, I was going to be trying to find a director to take over all the prep we'd done. Yeah. Um, and... You know, and I was terrified of being a director because if it failed, then I'd be a I'd be a failed director producer. And every mm. time I speak to a director as a producer, they go, "What are you talking about? You you made that crap film. Shut up!" You know, mm. I'd I'd I would have lost the high ground as a yeah. producer. So that was a it was a big risk doing Layer Cake. What do you think it was that was the turning point for you to say, "Yeah, I am going to do it"? it was my wife, my wife just kept pushing me, yeah. kept pushing really? me. And she by the knew. way, she knew. Yeah, yeah. she really knew. Yeah. She 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 knew. She just said, "You should be doing this. You're an idiot not doing it." And mm. I, and it got to a point where she persuaded me I, it, the wrong decision. I, I suddenly realized saying no would be the be a big mistake because also mm. I couldn't find another director for it. Yeah. So right. it wasn't. It was. It was like, oh my god, mm -hmm. we need to make this movie and. Um, and we, no one else was interested. So, so you've already got the sort of creative side. You're you're already thinking about that as a as a producer mm. going into that directing. Well, no, uh, I was just trying to control the creative. Trying, trying to control totally different. Trying to, trying to control the yeah. What What were some of the biggest hurdles? I mean, you know, working with actors um, for me. Yeah, I mean, going into that, going into layer cake. What were some of going those big cake, things? That was no. The scariest thing was actors and camera. Yeah, right. The script I was sort of used to editing. I was definitely I was comfortable in editing. Yeah. I was mm -hmm. very comfortable in prep, acting and camera work. I was like, oh no, what do I do? And also, I was scared because you know, an established. Hey, we couldn't afford a big DP. Yeah, and most big DPs won't wouldn't have been interested in working with me. Yeah. So thank God I had Ben Davis because then mm. Ben, I met with Ben and and he he was just very cool with me and really relaxed and sort of was keen and hungry and I knew he was a great operator. I love, you know, camera movement at the right time in the right place, let's say. Sure. Um so Ben you know, Ben became my teacher on that film. Okay. Um and was it was it was was a true partner and and in every way. Um and then on the acting <laughs> the acting well, with the first day of rehearsals I, I, you know, I'll never forget it. it was Michael Gambon, rest in peace, mm -hmm. and um, Daniel Craig. And we were doing... Um, first day. Yeah, first day of rehearsals. <laughs> no short, man. Yeah, no, yeah. no pressure at all. Yeah, and I'm sitting there, and we're back rehearsing, and then after about an hour and a half of it, Daniel said, I'm going for a cigarette break, and he said, come with me, you know, just, and I went, okay, so we went outside, and he popping away. He goes, Matthew, I'm just going to give you one word of advice. You shouldn't give uh, Michael Gambon line readings. 
And I was like, yeah. I went, what's a Lyme reading? I didn't know what it what? was. Right. Yeah. And he goes, you keep act, you keep giving Lyme readings. You're acting the you act the line yeah. for him to repeat. And yeah, was well, that not how you do it? And he's like, no, we're actors. You give us direction. Yeah. You, we we will interpret it. Then you mm-hmm. listen to it, and then you tweak us. Yeah. Like, oh, I had no idea. All right, okay. Well, I won't do that one again. So that. So- that was a, a big, big learning curve. But Daniel was great as well. Yeah. Michael Gamble was amazing. The fact Michael didn't say anything. Michael was just, you know, mm. Michael was, is, or was a sweetheart. Mm. And, um, and so was Daniel. They were, the, the cast were very, um, accommodating. Was, was accommodating. Yeah. They were very, it was really, I mean, they, they didn't, they, they didn't question me. And if I wasn't sure about something, we'd just talk about it. And so it became, yeah, it became fun. It became so, fun. So, so but we, I do tend to cast brilliant actors because then all yeah. I need to do yes. is is tweet them a bit. Because you know, John Houston said directing is ninety percent casting. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's right. Because I'll say to you as directors or anyone listening, you can have the best screenplay, the best camera work or cinematographer, the best editor, the best composer, the best everything. If you have bad acting, yeah, there is nothing you can do to save that movie you are dead in the water so all i can say is cast it properly yeah and i always just say people say well how do you direct you know i just say look my my you know my skill set is when an actor comes in i know within five seconds they're right for the role yeah um and people say well how do you know that i went because i'm watching them and i'm listening to them as a viewer going keep keep saying the lines so that's how they get the part and then and people say wait how do you know where to put the camera and I was like, you just put it in the place that tells the story. It's really obvious. So we're talking yeah. now, mm-hmm. would put a camera there and there. Yeah, if, yeah. if you were, you know, looking down, I'd put the camera down there. It, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it just, I always say the camera is the voyeur into the scene. Just put it, you know, tell the story with it. Um, but cast, cast, cast. It's, it's so important. So, so how did you sort of develop your, your language of working with actors going forward from that film up into sort of where you are? where you are now in, in terms of it's does it come from the script a lot of the time did you you know in terms of giving direction because you're obviously not doing line readings anymore well no no i want to do is i mean it's like being a conductor of an orchestra if you've got great players you know you're, you're just i i always say this they're just you know just trying they're just waving a stick you know? and and <laughs> tell that to and, bradley cooper yeah no but they really are <laughs> but at the end but, of the day it's bullshit you know they yeah. are and, and i've i've had a go it, it, it's mm. it, you know if it, it, you, it, it's 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 you're just doing it three four and you're just helping a bit mm-hmm. but you can leave the room and they're all great orchestra, yeah whatever let's play the piece of music so that's our job we're you know we're conducting well i'm get to conduct some of the best players in the world yeah. and I just enjoy it and let them, you know, and I just shade it up or down. I mean, it's, it's, sometimes it's literally, it's like, can you slow it down a bit, a bit louder, a bit softer? Yeah. Um, um, with Rafe, it was amazing directing him because he's a brilliant director, mm. but Rafe and I got, had a really, really, really good, 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 why well, I thought I had a really good experience with him and I uh, loved working with him as well. He's well, and he, and I had these little, we had little signs for up, down, this, dial it up, he, he was amazing. Every, I, I've been blessed. The cast I've worked with have, they've made me look much better at my job than I really am. And it is so interesting you say that as well. We've just finished a film with Colomini as well, who's okay. obviously oh, in Layer Cake as well. It was so fantastic good. Fantastic actor. So good, right? Yeah. yeah, he did Three Day Millionaire with us. And I think, or well, I suppose maybe going back to to that situation, was that cast already on board? Was Did Guy have, did he help Which one? Uh, Layer Cake in no, terms of your first cake, one? I, no. So no one attached. So then you had to go in with, I'm directing this one. Who wants on Yeah, board? and then I had to go and find some desperate actors. Who want, you know. So Gambon, I knew him from my, as a producer, my first movie he was in. Yes, this, uh, Innocent, Innocent Sleep. Sleep. Yes. And that was a train wreck of a movie, right? On, on, I mean, the making of that film, I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, every crew member, you know, everyone shagging each other, more drugs, <laughs> more drink, people. It was a healthy set. Pandemonium. And I thought that was normal, right? I was like, oh, this is, so I remember when I said to the guy mm-hmm. we're making, I said, right, we've got to be careful. We have to be disciplined. These crews are nuts and actors will disappear. And we have, mm-hmm. to, and it was, I had the wrong, wrong end of the stick of how films, you know, you know the innocent sleep be. was, it was, yeah. It was nuts. I mean, I was 23 as well. So we were all, you know, just to say we, we knew how to have fun. Yeah. Um, so then when you went on to Lockstock and you realized that, oh, well, this is how it 
should be done well, well no well, weirdly because well, i can say with innocent sleep mm. but gambon was on it and he uh. kept taking me to one side and helping me out because oh my god I don't, what do i do here and he'd say so he really looked after me great and we got on extremely well so i he was one of the first people i asked to be in it because i knew if michael said yes more people would would go oh well mm. if, if he's good enough for michael then he's good enough for me and michael was sweet he went of course i'll do it right um nice. so i will always be grateful to him and to jump- sir michael um, yes to and then sir michael. Lockstock, yeah um it was more controlled nuts so again you know guy and i was off you know we went off made this movie and then on lockstock the whole thing was shot on a steady cam and we just belted it out on super 16 and 36 days we shot it in and it was but that was lockstock was a camaraderie of the innocence it was just chaos and no one really helping each other out this was a band of brothers that were, were it was guy me the four boys and Vinnie Jones mm. going to war and mm. we had the time of our lives. So so how did you kind of move from those kind of brilliant, kind of in, on the, the the fringe of independent films to full-blown kind of action, uh, the Matthew Vaughan vision? Because there's, there's obviously you're, you're starting to build those building blocks early on, but then you've defined yourself very sort of clearly in those these other bigger movies. Uh, uh, well, the weird thing that people don't realize is Kingsman, Argyle, they're mm. independents, right? You know, yeah. you know, so, and I think. Nice budget independence. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah but they're still independent. Yeah, so no, they are. Yeah, sure, know, yeah. Just, everyone says yeah. independent. Doesn't, that doesn't mean cheap. No, no, I mean, it course. does. In, in theory, most are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because studios won't, you know, aren't that interested. But I was like, why does independence have to mean. I know you mean, yeah, yeah. You know, and if if you look at Lockstock and even Snatch and and Layer Cake, they were commercially minded movies. That's true. Mean Machine as well. Yeah, 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 commercially minded. So with, and I just thought just because, you know, I wanted, and and I think when you say, what did you say? I don't want to say with the brand or, you know, the the style or whatever those films. Yeah, I mean like, you know, Kick-Ass, it was its its own thing when it it arrived. I hadn't really seen that before. But that's because there was no studio involvement. So this is yeah. this is the so issue, right? If you're a yeah. director, and there are many directors out there that are labelled bad, yeah, and I don't know whether that's true or not, but they were definitely put into bad situations. Sure. And this is what's wrong with with uh, I think it's changing now, but mm. for the last ten, twelve years, franchises have been the driving force of these big blockbusters. Mm. You know, not actors, not movie stars, not directors. The franchise, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and if you most franchises, you go, you say, well, who directed it? You're like, I don't know, and who was playing that role, or would that person in that role, if they didn't have the cape or the the shield or whatever it is, yeah, no one gives a shit if they're in a film. Um, and um, and what happens is directors are forced into decisions that they know is wrong yeah. and then they do their best with it and then the film comes out and they get yeah. blamed for the bad decision yeah. Yeah. and their career's over. Yeah. Um, and well, they go into director's gel and then you have to do small independent to try and get back out. Yeah. But I, so I would say that I'm not dismissive of people's work because uh, uh, I hadn't done a big studio movie and when I did the big studio movie and encountered some of the, some Hurdles. of the, some of the worst, worst ideas yeah. I've ever heard with in a room with 20 people nodding saying that's a brilliant idea because yeah. it came from the chairman of the studio oh, who wow. doesn't know what he or she is saying and mm-hmm. then i'm like well you actually expect me that's not a joke you wouldn't yeah. do that <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah. well, well that's, that's yeah. the thing like so many of these these big movies they that you know narrative structure destroyed because okay well this this bit will get a laugh inverted commas because this thing laughed some other time yeah and then you lose the character structure you lose the you know the meaning of why why we should care about it there, mm. there's so much and you know your your films like kick ass or uh, the x-men the way you treated those they were all like really meaningful films that had arcs that that meant something and i'm, well, I'm you guessing you had to. to fight quite hard for that um, well, Kick-Ass I didn't because no one, you know, yeah. we made that independently. Nobody wanted to make it. Nobody wanted to release it when it was finished. Um, my belief is the, the crazier you go, the more you have to ground it, ironically. The more Definitely, heart, yeah. the more you have to have something to latch on to. Otherwise, yes. you just go, ah, I don't care. You have to care. Every, any For me, my movies, and I think the movies I, I respond to is when you relate to the heroes or the non, or the anti-hero yeah. but you relate to the characters and you want to go on the on their journey with them you want to learn with them you want to win with mm. them and when mm. you don't and you should be upset if one of them dies yeah. uh, you know or and but a lot of these other movies you just don't care they're all interchangeable you know mm. so, which is doesn't work but it all comes down to you know 
you know, he's storytelling, you know, and the rules of a story, uh, the rules of a story. And we've been saying stories since we're cavemen and we need them and it, and it keeps humanity alive. That's so good to say that, it, it, especially with Kick-Ass, what you're mm-hmm. talking about in the story and the characters mm-hmm. that were created and we believed yeah. in and we cared about from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned there about, oh, we, we made it independently. How? How did you make it independently? Because with, well, Kick-Ass, because right. in terms of no studio involvement, you're going, okay, by this point, Marv is set up. Mm-hmm. So how for independent filmmakers out there who are going, yeah, studio, we're trying in the studio doors, but raising that finance or raising, obviously you had success behind you. All yeah. of your films. Lockstock is probably a better way of describing yes. it. Yeah, because Lockstock yeah. was, so when we made Lockstock, um, you know, Guy and I were, couldn't have been more unproven. Um, mm. And we literally got the Sunday Times rich list out and just was cold calling people. And And, and what I find with money is once you raise a bit, more it's, it's getting the first mm. person on that hook mm-hmm. and it's like it's like how you literally you're fishing with a fishing hook with no bait on it but once you get the bait on it then more then more fish come and it and it and it, and it starts you know helping or helping the movie happen so on Lockstock, i think we worked out we'd raise something like 35 million wow but what actually with the money that actually hit our account was nine hundred thousand. <laughs> Um, wow. the amount of people say, yeah, we'll um, back it. And then, <laughs> yeah, when it, when comes, it comes down to it, to it naturally, 135th, basically, yeah, 136th. Yeah. 136. Yeah. So, yeah, so we, we, and, and we didn't need 35 million. We need, we thought we needed 3.2 to make yeah. the movie. That's okay. our budget. And was that just guessing at the time? I'm no, not no, we guessing. Had a budget. Yeah, you, no, you can't, you can't yeah. raise money. Hey, you know, yeah. We, yeah, we had, we did a budget. Sure. We did a show reel. We did storyboards. Okay. We yeah. did, they had the script. Mm-hmm. Um, guy had made a really good short film. He had the, the, yeah, suitcase, the hard case. The hard, the hard case. case. There we go. So yeah. we, I thought we were good, you know, we were young and we were excited. Yeah. Um, and then we ended up raising £960,000. Okay. And then I looked at Guy and said, look, we've got to figure out a way of making it for 960 grand, mm, you know. Yeah. Um, good producing that, And yeah, yeah I, I said, and so then we went from 35 mil down to Super 16. We went from 50 days down to 36. Um we came up with a big deferment structure um, and we then, you know, what else did we do? We did, we did every, you know, we had no music budget. So we got a record deal. I mean, that's the only reason we got, we got distribution is we mm-hmm. did a record deal because of sting. Yes. Um, and yeah. we had, we got a hundred thousand pounds advance wow. to clear the music songs. Yeah. Right. Wow. So we had our, we had the songs and then we showed the movie to everyone. We got mm-hmm. no offers, wow. zero. Really? Offers. So then I was like, oh, God, we've made the most expensive home movie of all time. Mm-hmm. And I had to ring up the guy running the the record company at the time, which was owned by Polygram. Mm-hmm. And there was Polygram Films back then. And I said, look, um, I don't know how to tell you this. We're not re- we can't get a release. And then he was like, oh, my God, how am I going to justify that I've given you guys 100 grand for a movie that's not even coming out? Mm-hmm. So he rang up Polygram Films and said, just do me a favor. Can you just buy it for like... 20 quid and put it in two cinemas so I don't look like I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. So they went, oh, okay, we'll take English rights. Um, just, thankfully, and, and they only just took that. like that. And exploded. that's how we got distribution. Still no belief in it. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And when it became, it became a hit, actually, I thank Chris Evans. It became, it became mm. a really big hit because he saw it and then did a special on TFI Friday mm. all about the movie. Yeah. And then, you know, we each weekend we got bigger. Yeah. And bigger and bigger and, and bigger. Then, and then it's a cult classic. So uh, yeah. let's let's just talk quickly about um, Argyle because uh, you know mm. it's, it's a brilliant film. It's mm. it's got Thank a lot you. of heart. Like it, it really has. About, oh, I try. I think most of them. They, they the all do. Of you know course. what? No, but it yeah. makes me laugh. Everyone talks about oh the action, the action, the action. I'm like, no, I like the no heart. I, mean, about I like the action I, too. It, but yeah, no, no, I agree. I'm yeah. more proud of the heart. That's yeah, it's heart. By action, heart. Action's not well. It's not easy, but it's not difficult. Yeah, heart and emotion and connecting to a character. That's a lot harder. At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect weekend hiking trip or the perfect sunset. We cannot promise you'll make a new friend on the trail. It's certainly possible. We just can't guarantee it. And you probably shouldn't force it. But we can promise you this. With over 4,200 hotels worldwide, you can find a warm welcome and a comfortable room right on the way to where you're going. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm going to whisper some things to you now about crunch chocolate bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with crunch. And, and I, I really like what you did with Brees um, and Sam because mm. they they do they they they're really lovable characters. Yeah. Um, and there's a there's a huge amount of warmth with them, and it's you know it's just such a great they're, they're such a great sort of unconventional pair as yeah. well. Yeah. Um. So you know how did you go about how did it how do you go about the actual making of this once you'd had the idea sent to you to getting studios financing and casting you know those two and the rest of the cast um well i think we we sorry, i see i hear a siren i'm used yeah. to sound like shh, yeah shh, everyone quiet for sound yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um um i i would say i, I you know we, we made you know i watched i don't know i can't remember if we said this but the movies i watched my daughters during lockdown was romancing the stone north by northwest and charade or charade i never know how yeah. to say it on these interviews yeah, both and, depends if you're north or south yeah well or american <laughs> or english so, yeah, exactly um and i had and, and i wanted uh, so but i wanted to reinvent them and that's and i just felt bryce and sam would be a couple that you you, you don't normally get to see together and, and we did a chemistry test so i'm my other tip and the studios hate it and the agents hate it even more and the mm-hmm. actors hate it. Yeah. But I always say it's not a screen test. It's a chemistry test. It doesn't even need to be filmed. Mm-hmm. I just need to be in a room mm-hmm. and I need to hear the main roles, actors with each other bouncing off each other. I need to see it because the worst thing can happen if you don't, you know, you never know. You could put I don't know, Steve McQueen with, Paul Newman and it might have been great it could have been a disaster mm. you know you just you know just because you're a great actor and a movie star doesn't mean Thank you're you. gonna you're gonna bounce off perfectly with with another um and um so and agents hate it yeah you know the studios are too scared to ask and then I normally speak to the actors and I say look this is for all of our sakes because can you imagine after the f- two or three days of filming we know this isn't working and we have to carry on mm-hmm. knowing there is no chemistry between you guys yeah. and we're going to be in big trouble. And then the movie's dead in the water. So I, I do insist on the, you know, they call them chem- it's a chemistry test. It's not a screen test. It's literally, I've never been in the position that it's not there. Cause then you have to pick one to get rid of. Well, that yeah. would be the thing, wouldn't it? Actually, <laughs> yeah. this isn't working. Who do we, yeah. Who do we go? Yeah, do At we that just, point, it'll be the, let, the bigger star will stay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And obviously yeah. you surrounded the movie as well with amazing names, stars, mm-hmm. whatever you like. Is that, imp- is that, part of the financing structure is this no, kind? I, I, again it, it's part of the fun for this it was an you know i remember as a kid loving death on the nile mm, and yeah and the murder of the Entre express because of these all these names together yeah. and it just felt bigger than it made the movie feel even bigger yeah and i felt with this one the characters could handle this many faces and the mm. twists and the turns so it, it was justified it didn't feel like let's just put lots of names in for the yeah. hell of it. it it i think it helped interweave the narrative but none of the names are shallow either like they're they're all well-defined interesting sort of funny characters they don't feel like a cameo ever which which can also happen very easily when you just Mm. plonk a list actor in something for for no no real reason yeah so so you you you, talking about the agents um was this at a point when studios had already the studio already come on board and you'd got financing or was this early early we were financing it so and then i go out and and um with this one, Apple got aboard pretty early, yeah. and it was quite flattering because they were like, "Just," I said, "Well, do you want to know who the actors are?" And they were like, "Nope." And I was like, "What do you mean, no?" They're like, mm-hmm. uh, you're, "He says there's one thing you've got a track record in is casting. So who the hell are we to even give you a casting wow. advice? So we will trust." hundred yeah. percent. And I did think like, when I ran, I said, "Well, I'm casting Bryce and Sam." I was expecting mm-hmm. them to go, "What?" Mm. And they were like, "Great." 
Right. I, it's a Matthew Vaughan film. You know, yeah. that's what mm. it's, it's a brand. It's yeah. uh, already yeah. amazing, which wow. is which is. Well, super. you said it. I'm not saying it. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. It's funny. I don't you know, use it I mean, if you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, yeah. we'll see. We'll but you see. built up this amazing career from it, mm. and it's yeah. quite incredible. Even the films you've produced, mm-hmm. Rocket Man, um, Eddie Eagle. So we've had Dexter on the Tetris. podcast. Tetris. Yeah. All these wonderful films. Yeah. It's like you, you know, it just keeps going for you. It's a very yeah clever mindset so you have got a brand you have mm-hmm. got that whether you you know you want to you know shout about it or not mm-hmm. and i think that's really important do you think that's something that filmmakers should not necessarily aspire to be but be thinking about um if they're interested in it yes they're not no i think there are no rules i think when you're a director mm-hmm. or a filmmaker mm-hmm. you've got your own you are your own person and you have to do it your own be just true to yourself that's all i can say and as i said i if someone says what is my brand it's about trying to as again it's entertainment somebody said i should have we marv films is called marv because we couldn't think of a name and that's my initials and we had to put a name on the layer cake and and marv just we we just beat marvel <laughs> to registering it so they can't shut me down mm. um which they tried once um on kickass yeah. they got really confused because like well actually it's printed on a marv owned a, Mar- a marvel owned <laughs> comic <laughs> <Yes>. um but- <laughs> So that shut them up. Um, but um, somebody said you should have called your company Mischief Movies. Mm, okay. um, nice. And I think that's a, that. I think that. I think we. we that's your secret. Bit of yeah, mischief. Bit of mm. mischief and trying to entertain. Entertainment is really. But well, entertainment with meaning. Whole, you know, ent- but, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. saying entertainment for me is not an ugly no word and actually i nearly called the movie i should have called my company marv entertainment because you know there is is another name for some you know for for film companies and i get why they say entertainment and 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 by the way entertainment can be an oscar-winning snooze fest if that's what Mm -hmm. you're into then that's that's entertaining but as long as you're delivering to an audience what they hoping they're going to get yes that's our job yeah i mean there's there's always this feeling i I feel like that People are often pigeonholed into either making a sort of art house heavy drama or entertainment, and it's it's something that's a bit hollow. And, and yeah. I think you you do a very good job of kind of combining the two things. Yeah. Well, um, thank you. Yeah. So so yeah, just to wrap it up yes. then, in yeah. terms of you know, Argyle is fantastic and out now. But in terms of you've given advice already throughout this, but looking back on a young Matthew Vaughan starting on that producer journey, moving into directing. Yeah. Was there something you'd say to him now that would change the trajectory or change something that you did to become the filmmaker you are? Well, I, I'm a big believer that making mistakes is okay. Yep. As long as you learn from them, you know? Mm. So if you, you first mistake, fine. You do the same mistake again, you're an idiot. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> Don't be an uh, idiot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. and, I, and, there, and there's, there's a, there's a, and I'll tell you what that is for me is Jesus, a lot of sirens. Sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah, worried yeah, about yeah. you guys. Oh, no, we're all right. Yeah, yeah, we're no. all right. It um, adds to it. Not after <laughs> it us. It's like yeah. a Matthew Vaughan film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when I was attached to direct X-Men 3, yeah. remember mm-hmm. I just on one movie had done Layer Cake. Mm-hmm. Suddenly I was given a $250 million blockbuster and I loved X-Men 1 and X-Men 2. And I was sitting, I was like meeting Hugh Jackman and yep. I was playing around with, with you know, previses and i was having the time i was having like michael big budget movie making school and i was really enjoying it until i suddenly realized everyone was lying and and i was like oh okay i don't like working with liars but then there's one thing that i didn't understand back then is i had an independent you know mind of okay this is the budget you got to stick to the budget i didn't understand the concept that I, that the studio was going to throw money at it to make it work. Yeah. And when they're saying, I got to shoot this in 72 days, beat down there, they had a hundred days in their head. Yeah. When they all these things that they were saying, no, they're no, used no. to unresponsible people. Yeah. yeah. And I, so I'm looking at it going and I thought, okay, well, this is going to be a disaster. Mm-hmm. I should leave now. Hmm. That was a mistake back then as a young filmmaker with one movie under his belt being given that, that was a really mm. real stupid in in the big picture right it worked out okay and it's one of the reasons i went to do the x-men first class because i thought you know what i should have made that movie and now i now understand that they will throw money at it and they will will ensure that we have a chance of making a good movie so um what i would say is if you if hollywood comes calling Mm -hmm. make sure it's not too big because i also think that is the mistake that a lot of these directors 
they make a great smaller film mm-hmm. and they you know and they you know it's like saying you're training you know they're a great hundred me- hundred meter sprinters but they go from 100 meters to a 1500k mm. yeah. um and they should go to 400 foot and then yes. eight, just work yeah. your way up if you can but turning down the big opportunities is very very hard mm. and um and make sure you love Love the idea of making the movie. Don't be blinded by the money. I know it's easy mm. for me to say that nowadays, but but well, it's, it's it, tough, it's, isn't it? It's really it, tough to when you're in, okay. Well, here's here's an opportunity. Mm. You think oh, I, I should do it, but if it's the wrong opportunity, then you it know you can set your career I mean, back. Think of the amount yeah. of directors who are talented who are in director's jail, mm-hmm. not because of their talent, but because they 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 were either put into the wrong movie or they weren't protected. Yeah, and that's the problem is producers don't protect the directors anymore. Like I'm a producer, yeah, mm-hmm. and that, that we used to have a very important job, and they sort of been sidelined and pushed out. Yeah. I bet you Megan over here could hardly name any producers. Mm. <laughs> Not right now, I couldn't. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Put yeah. on the spot. Put on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Not right now. That would yeah. be an official statement. Mm. <laughs> but it is true. You're right. Yeah. Producers. The, you, the, most Those are a very important role. Yeah. A producer and a director it's... should be tied at the head. Yeah. 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 And you go to most big budget movies. There's no producer on set. It's all mm-hmm. executives, and it's ridiculous. Yes. The producer should be protecting the director and w- listening to the executives and filtering what should happen and what shouldn't. Yeah. And protecting the creative vision of the film as well. Yeah. Yes. Which, which you've done an excellent job with Argar. Oh, nice. Which you mm. should be able to go and see. Yeah. So, well, see hopefully. Make sure you do. Yeah, Great. make sure you do. All right. Matthew, well, thank you thank for your you. time. What thank pleasure. you. I've got to now carry on and yeah. uh, keep on making people make movies. We will. We will. Yeah. Thanks, Matthew. <laughs> thank you. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What a treat. Mr. Matthew Vaughan. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. If I was going to join a religion, I'd be part of the born again Christians <laughs> I, please tell me you just made that up on the spot I, I did yeah, of course I did yeah it was very good, very good. <laughs> two, two um, shits <laughs> shit <laughs> and prior thought <laughs> prior thought any prior thought gone into this podcast yeah yes but not by us very rarely um, yeah. yes but yeah. listen that's Matthew wow I love that um, I love chatting to him he was really cool really nice guy uh, and once he got over your snow boots and mine quite frankly yeah. he relaxed and realised that we weren't trying to catch him out or do anything like that we just wanted to chat filmmaking yeah. and trying to help you guys you, you do get that because I, I guess there's a lot of a lot of press to ask the same questions <laughs> mm. <laughs> and also it's not always like sympathetic to the I, I don't think we're not we're inherently sympathetic because of the fact that we're asking about how the film was made um, so it's, yes. it's always a nice, easy experience, which which is always the feedback actually, like on from our guests. Like they always have a great time, yes. and they say we had a great time, and it's because you know that's not that's not the aim. The aim is to tell people how they did it, uh, and that's, yeah, we yeah. don't we don't want them to have a good time. That's yeah. not the aim. <laughs> that's, that's completely accidental. <laughs> Complete accident. We didn't mean that to happen. Yeah. Apologies to all our guests who had a good time. Yeah. No, um, I I think it's because we we care about filmmaking, we care about their journey rather than anything else uh now shotlister you've probably heard us talk about in the past basically shotlister is the world's leading shot list app it helps you get what matters most on the day and if you use this code on any ios device you get a free year of shotlister pro 5.0 it's usually worth 99 dollars, and we're giving you it for free we're only giving away 99 of these so get in quick get in wow. there now link to that is in the show notes just looking at this this poster of the the cat in argon and i'm like the cat's in the rucksack and then there's like a gun with some sort of pink smoke and there's the lipstick and i'm i've got the image of the cat wearing the lipstick in my head and um <laughs> <laughs> do they have lips I don't, I don't know. He's, he's got like lips. a little triangle. He's got this little, little triangle. <laughs> I don't know if they're lips. Are they lips? I mean, I don't know, please like, write in. Yeah. I'm just wondering, That's like, is that, is that what he's thinking or am I doing? I think this is just your your brain thinking yeah. about the poster for Argyle. Yeah. Wonder no more. Please get that image out of your head. It is one of these amazing films uh, that yeah. Matthew just keeps turning up. You know, we've had Mark Strong on the podcast talking about his career and also about Kingsman as well. Yeah. And Kingsman 3, you know, and Mark Strong's character kind of dies at the end of the second one. But it's a Matthew Vaughan joint. Yeah. So it doesn't mean people can't come back. So kick-ass Kingsman... Argyle is another um, amazing film in his canon of action franchises, which is something that I'm glad Dom brought up in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, you know, it was, it was really good. It was a really good chat because 
I, I'd expected it to all be about making action films and making these big kind of movies. And, and actually, like the, the thing that Matthew was was really interested in speaking about was was also some of his indie beginnings, um, which mm. which is which is really good. I mean, it's because he has he, he's kind of you can really see like the genesis of his career, starting off with Guy Ritchie and uh, you know Layer Cake and and some of these other. Um, films and then that kind of progression into Kick-Ass and then his his kind of current blockbuster and and it's nice to see the you know the beginnings of that journey and you know also I think what was really nice was the the humbleness about people giving him advice and all these great uh, actors and, and filmmakers that he'd he's kind of you know soaked up this knowledge on and, and learnt great skills from. Yeah, totally agree. I loved how he not fell into directing. I think he always knew he'd be a director, but I really like the fact that, you know, when Guy Ritchie said he couldn't do their cake, that he was like, well, uh, who's going to direct it? If I must. Yeah, and, 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 and Claudia, his wife, saying, you really should. And then another friend of his said, you really should. Why aren't you directing this? And I love that, that he just jumped in. And also I, what I really liked that he told us and you, listener, is that he was very honest about not really knowing what he was doing when he was directing, but he had a vision and he had an idea of how stories should be told and where he should put the camera and where he should put his actors. And I think this is the truth of it. It's like, it's your vision. What do you want out of this? How are you going to see the movie? Yeah. And that's so important. What do you want? So important. I love that. What do you want from all this? And um, Yeah, and creating a brand as well. I think it's so interesting how, as filmmakers, it's so hard to do because yeah. often we don't get a choice in what the next film is we're doing or TV series, or even if we get that far anyway, it's like what is offered, you know, sometimes got to take. But if you do, if you're in that position, yeah. you know, that some of our filmmakers on this podcast are in, it's like, what, what do you choose? Yep. What's the next and, thing and, for you as a brand? Yeah, and I think he's done an exceptional job. I mean, it's, it's an underrated part of his um, his filmmaking is actually the back end. And, and like, I mean, what they've done for this with the, you know, the, the cat and the, the slogans and, and the merchandise and, and all of that stuff. It's it's all very well thought out, and and, and that was that was actually one of the really exciting bits that we talked in the podcast. Which I think we mentioned in the summary was creating like really unique, memorable traits to characters, which then also translate into marketing uh, perks that are easy to latch onto. Which which I think is really important, you know, when you're making your film. Who is your audience? Are you thinking about marketing and PR already? Because if you're not how you're going to get your film to that audience and he's really thinking about that with his brand his awareness you know even on his cap and the style when you see Argyle poster or when you see it it's a very distinct style he has and I think that's that's really I think that's really clever and really important so yeah there we go that was our chat with Matthew Vaughan um, I hope you enjoyed it like I say uh, if you did please go tell your pals and everyone else and go on IMDb and give us a rating this week. Hashtag uh, Filmmaker cool. Yes, indeed. Um, but also, go back and listen to some of those episodes we've had on in January, if you haven't yet. All 380 of them. <laughs> There's so much gold <laughs> just from j- just the January ones. The six or seven we've had then. And then the 372 ones after. Yeah, exactly. But the advice coming from these filmmakers is incredible. It's ludicrous, yeah. Um, yeah. It's ludicrous. No, don't, don't be slacking on the listening. <laughs> mm, some people are like, oh, yeah, well, I listened to that episode. It, it was it was really good. And then it's like, well, every episode is completely different advice from, from like, you know, literally the top people in the industry saying how they did it. And it's a completely different story every time. Like, there really is yeah. no better resource for, like, learning, you know, different ways to get into the industry. Like, it, it's, it's so valuable. Like, you know, that's, so why, that's why I do it. Because, you know, because I learn so much from just talking to these amazing people absolutely so there you have it go out there make your films make your tv series make it happen for you whatever it is go do it and if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well it is your duty to jump off the top of the building onto the crash mat where the cat is inhabiting where the cat's fine the cat's all right the cat's fine great there you go we will see you next tuesday as always thank you everyone for listening oh we might have a special for you on friday as well but until then take care thank you dom thank you giles take care everyone bye